Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 17 of Potage. I'm glad I'm back. And you know what? We took a little brief two-week hiatus. Nothing but a thing. Uh, so I'd like to clarify why right now, just real quick. So I actually was offered the opportunity to go over to the United Kingdom. So if we have any listeners over in the UK, I was over there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. Listeners, right? So, yeah. So they're going to be like, oh, damn, I missed the chance to get Judge's autograph. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I spent, I spent 11 days in London. Uh, I had a lot of fun, did some mildly cool things. I actually went by the Sega of Europe headquarters, which was pretty cool, but it was a little underwhelming. Anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was good. And you know, Crow, the entire time I was over there, I wanted to be at home playing games. <laughs> what a nerd. Yes. You could say I'm a hardcore gamer. <laughs> that was from a typo that was in the outline. I just wanted to play it off. Just want to clarify that. But anyway, you know, talking about hardcore, not not that kind of hardcore. Hardcore gamer. Right, right, right. Got right. your mind in the gutter there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking about hardcore. Crow, how true of a gamer do you think you are? How hardcore of a gamer do you think you are? I mean, you know, I only play every day, so I would say I'm fairly hardcore. Oh, yeah? I think well, so. I don't want to I don't want to start comparing accolades or anything, but did you know that I think I'm a true gamer because I once 100% full comboed. Full comboed. FC'd. Freebird on expert mode and Guitar Hero 2. All right. All right. So we're we're going to start dick measuring like from the get-go, huh? Yeah. All right. All right. I once caught a Mewtwo with a fucking great ball. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's cool. But you, anyone can do that if they just reset their game enough or buy enough like, great fuck balls. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I bet you haven't beat Crash Bandicoot 2 without dying once because I did that. I No, I, I haven't even played it. No. Oh, okay. Um, well. Well, I bet you haven't cleared the fucking Chocobo race in Final Fantasy X without shattering your goddamn controller. Hey, now, don't start. Oh, yeah, I haven't done that. <laughs> you haven't beaten it at all, have you? Oh, yeah? Well... <laughs> You're right, I haven't beaten it at all yet. <laughs> Shoot. Well, yeah, but I 100%ed Persona 3. <laughs> I 100%ed Persona 5. Screw you. I once beat Super Mario Brothers without a memory card. Several times. Not just once. Oh, well, we can agree on that one because I did that a lot, too. Okay, well, you know, you know what? I think we've proven our point. I think we're both true gamers, but... We're obviously going to delve a little bit deeper into that in a, in a little bit. That's our main topic. But we've got to go through a lot of prerequisites to get there. A lot. Two weeks worth. Are you ready? Welcome back. I'm not saying that thinking is bad. Like everything else, it's useful in moderation. A good servant, but a bad master. And all so-called civilized peoples have increasingly become crazy and self-destructive because through excessive thinking they have lost touch with reality. That's to say, we confuse science with the real world. So, we're going to kick things off with our favorite, not favorite section, <laughs> I guess. It's... It's the rant or rave section. And you've got some and I've got some. It's going to be good. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to start with uh actually probably the most recent one uh Dan Dan Harmon, the creator of Rick and Morty. Uh well, co-creator, I should say. Co-creator of Rick and Morty is currently under fire after a bunch of alt-rights discovered a comedy short that he made back in 2009. Uh, I think it's called Daryl. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but essentially it was supposed to be like a... It, it was a really bad joke is what it was. It was supposed to be him making fun of Dexter, like how Dexter is a serial killer that kills serial killers. He he made a character that was basically like a child molester. Um, And, you know, Alt-Right discovered this, and they basically crucified him on social media, forcing him to delete his account, issue an apology even prompting Adult Swim to comment on it. Um, you know, it's 
you know it's pretty uh pretty aggressive if adult swim feels the need to address a controversy um i I just think it's stupid i mean it it i haven't watched it but it just sounds like it was a terrible joke he recognized that and he was ashamed of it enough to take his to take it down like the minute he put it up and i just think like this 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 whole country has become so divided into right and left that, that people jump on each and any and every little thing and it's just it it just it's annoying. Yeah, I I um I didn't watch or see anything about the clip, but I had heard that it was pretty crass and really poorly executed on Harmon's part. But I did see Adult Swim's claim on it or their comment on it. I kind of thought it was funny because of the way that they worded it. Um, you know, they say that they there's no place for that type of content here at Adult Swim, but Adult Swim has all sorts of offensive content on it anyway. I just kind of thought it was wor- worded funny. But they do seem to be supportive of him. I mean, you take you take any show like uh like fucking Family Guy, American Dad, like they've done they've done far worse and they've gotten away with it with no problems because they're cartoon characters. I mean, Rick and Morty does too. So it's like I think I think the the source of controversy was that like I guess it actually featured Dan Harmon as the child molester character, so they're like equating that like him to a child molester. I I don't know. It, it's just stupid to me, and I'm I'm not saying it wasn't poor judgment on on his part, but it, it's also just people being nitpicky. Like I don't agree with your views because you're a leftist, so I'm going to crucify you for this. And I'm not the left does it too with the right, so it's uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's stupid. Yeah, unfortunate. So yeah, um, I guess kind of moving on to a little bit more, a uh, little bit of a more lighthearted rant. Dead by Daylight finally fucking released the uh, Curtain Call DLC to PlayStation, which, you know, I think we've been bitching about that for a few weeks now, even before our hiatus. And uh, you know, so that that seems all well and good until you consider the fact that it takes fucking 9,000 iridescent shards to purchase one character from that DLC. You know, it's a free DLC, so I'm not especially motivated to purchase it with actual physical cash, but 9,000 shards is pretty aggressive. Like, I've got, like, close to 6,500 right now, and I play quite a bit. <laughs> and I think they, whenever they first announced how they were going to be doing that, they, they said that, like, the average player would be able to... uh to purchase this content before the next content was released. And I guess that's true, but it's like, I also want to be purchasing cosmetics and it just seems like a real, like since we got doctor and hag for free and that might've been because we had the special edition or whatever, but it it just seems like a slap in the face to have to put in a lot of effort to get these, to get these new characters. So that's, that's been grinding my gears lately. I can jump on this one. Because, yeah, you only get, so they they kind of reworked the way that you get the currency to be able to purchase the content now. I looked, and I'm getting 150 shards per level, and it's supposed to increase once you hit, like, 99. I, I heard that's where the devotion levels come in. But, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a grind. It's That's okay, but it is going to take a while to get, I mean, 18,000 shards is going to take... I guess I guess we're not average play. Even us not being average players, that's going to take us a while. So I don't even know it, how long it's going to take the quote unquote average player to do it. Yeah, I I don't know. I w- I would say for us, it'll probably take if we if we keep up our usual pace, it would probably take maybe a month to get nine thousand shards, and that might that might be less and less time as we like ascend in devotion levels. Because like right now, I'm I'm getting like two hundred maybe 35 or something like that. I'm I'm getting somewhere between 200 and 250 shards every time I level up now. And do the do the shards that you get like does that reset after you after you uh hit level 99 cuz like it's supposed to be like you get a devotion level or it's basically prestige as a as a as a player and and restart like that resets kind of like Overwatch does with the with the portraits and shit. No, that you don't the shards don't reset. It just makes it so that you get more shards every time you get a devotion level. Even after you've gone past 99? Yeah, it resets back to 1. But you're still getting the same amount if not more shards. Yeah, you're getting more. Okay, that doesn't sound so bad then cuz I don't feel like it's going to be that long before we're hitting over 100 on the 
on the levels. So, all right, that that sounds a little bit better, but it's still a grind right now. <laughs> That's annoying. Like, I really wish that they would have given us the devotion levels, like for our cumulative playtime, because we <laughs> we would have been we would have been several hundred levels in at least. Yeah, maybe so, it won't be as bad. Yeah, maybe not. But at the moment, it's a it's a fucking nuisance. And my, I think my last uh, rant or rave, I'm going to rave for a minute. Uh, Fully Cooly Progressive ended not too long ago. Um, and it was it was pretty solid. Like, uh, have you seen the original Fully Cooly? Like, I, I think you've seen maybe like an episode or two. I haven't even seen an episode of it. I've just heard tons about it. All right. Well, I think I've said this on a previous episode, but to me, it kind of falls into the same genre as, as uh, a series like uh, like Neon Genesis in that people. It's got a it's got a cult following and it's freaking massive. Like people lose their shit over this series and progressive was like, I, I can't remember when the original fully Cooly came out, but it was a while ago. Like it's, I want to say maybe a decade or more old. And so progressive was pe- like, people got so, so excited over that. Um, myself included. And it was pretty good. Like you can tell it was definitely more high budget. They, they upped their animation a lot they got new a lot of new characters and new voice actors um but they still kept a fan favorite for from the original fully cooly and the entire the entirety of fully cooly progressive was uh it didn't seem quite as out there as the original one to me but it was still very good it it was a little bit easier to follow the plot but still a ton of moments that made almost no sense and are gonna have people going back constantly to rewatch it and see what they can make of it. Yeah. I would definitely recommend it. And I, I think uh fully Cooly alternative, which is supposed to be like the third, uh, well, the second of the announced fully Cooly sequels. I think that's supposed to come out in like September. So people are getting gearing up for that now. All right. That sounds great. Looking forward to it. Maybe I'll get a little bit more into it and actually be able to talk to you about my thoughts on it. But you have supported it. You've repeatedly told me I need to watch it. So hopefully I get around to doing that. But I actually have one rave to contribute to this section this week. And that is that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Eyes of Heaven, which is the JoJo game for PS4. I've probably been waiting for that game to go on sale for, uh, would what would you say, about four months now? Five months maybe? I would say about half a year. Because you were you were wanting that about around the time that we had our uh, discussion on anime. Yeah, so I didn't want to pay $60 for it, and it's only available digitally. Well, thankfully, PlayStation had a flash sale this past week, and I snatched that up for $14.99 while I was coming home from Britain. So I, I was very happy about that. And the game itself is, I guess, a typical Bandai Namco game. I mean, it's not nothing outstanding. But it's like a guilty pleasure because, you know, you've got all these JoJo characters and they've got all their catchphrases, original voice actors, all these costumes, like... Poses. Poses, yeah, everything. It's it's just a JoJo fan's wet dream. It's great. So I'm, a, I'm a having fun with it. I figured I would throw it in here as a rave. I'm pretty happy. All right. I guess that's it for Ranta Rave. Now it's time for our Week in Review. And what a hefty Week in Review it is. Several Weeks in Review. Several (laughs) Weeks in Review. Yeah, we should have renamed it temporarily for this week. So, the most immediate thing is that as of this recording, today, right now... July 24th, 2018. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Hammond in Overwatch was just released... Wrecking Ball is his official name in there. So I downloaded the patch. You downloaded the patch. I have no experience with the character yet. You have a little bit. Do you have some quick thoughts on the character? Yeah, um, for me personally, he was kind of difficult to use. And granted, I literally just played like one match with him and it was like the uh, no limits. So everybody was using Hammond. He's he's definitely a bulky defensive character, and his ult is going to be like a major problem for people trying to fight for a control point or maybe even payload, like when you're trying to push it toward the end. Um, but I do like uh, I do like his potential. 
as a character, as a, especially as a game changer. Um, <laughs> but like since everybody was playing Hammond, I, I was telling Judge this earlier. Um, I, I switched like toward the end of the game. I switched to Sombra and just hacked fucking everybody, and it it just kind of tore their shit up. Like <laughs> we ended up we ended up winning the game at the last minute when I hacked the entire group on the point, and we just completely like destroyed them. So Hammond definitely has some some big flaws that are that can be exploited. Um, it it was harder to see his strengths when everybody was using him, but. It was it was easier to see how other characters can exploit that. So I'm I'm actually more interested right now in, in studying his weaknesses in this stage, and then I'll I'll get around to using him more later whenever it's not so mainstream. Yeah, that's always a problem whenever a new character comes out. But I'm excited to try him. Uh, he seems like he's got a really interesting play style. I've heard some good things from people who played him on the PTR. So yeah, I'm excited that we finally get to uh, get our hands on him. So yeah. Speaking of Overwatch, I also saw this pop up in my newsfeed whenever I was gone. I guess Overwatch League is actually going to be put on ESPN, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's a nice little precedent that they're setting for uh, gaming, being a sport. For esports, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they, I think they already started doing that. Actually, like that was a little while ago. Um, and it's starting, it's starting to make like other forms of uh, TV too. I think because I think somebody was. Uh, kind of joking around on Twitter and they said like, uh, Oh, Hey, should we watch this or this? And they like, it wasn't ESPN. It was like another channel that overwatch was on. I don't know. It's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's like, (laughs) it sounds bad, but I kind of look at overwatch league the same way that I look at like professional sports and that I would rather fucking play than watch. (laughs) It's nothing against it. Like, I think it's awesome, but I would rather play basketball than watch LeBron James. I would rather play overwatch than watch, fucking shanghai dragons get their ass kicked or whatever or dallas fuel or any other team yeah although fun uh little fun note i did see uh i think it was dallas fuel actually maybe not i can't remember who it was but i, I did see uh an overwatch league team at e3 like they were giving like po- pointers and and doing like uh pictures and shit like that that's pretty cool yeah i didn't know that you didn't mention that that is pretty nifty yeah, I posted a picture of it, but I, I guess I didn't really talk about it. Well, it's still cool that it's going to be on ESPN. I I kind of feel the same way as you. I, I don't really watch it that much. I've watched a few games, and it's pretty it's pretty good for like learning new strategies and seeing high-level play if you want to up your game. But similar to you, I would prefer to just play. That's kind of the point of the game to me. But yeah. to each their own. Kind of mentioned this. Kind of mentioned this next one, but Dead by Daylight finally released Curtain Call on the PS4. Kind of mentioned that earlier in Rant or Rave, but there was another patch today, along with the Overwatch patch. So it's just been patch heaven for us. They apparently <laughs> patch hell for you. Yes. So yeah, apparently they nerfed Sprint Burst and brand new part. Hag and Trapper got pretty big buffs and. They gave new cosmetics to Hillbilly for sure. I guess they have a mechanic collection for for him, which I haven't seen. But I don't. I don't. Hillbilly's got some funny cosmetics anyway. Yeah, cosmetics are so low, like low priority for me right now, though. Until I've gotten hag. Uh, sorry, uh, clown and uh, and Kate. I'm just like, eh. <laughs> they they need to slow their shit down because I'm trying to. I want to get as many cosmetics as I can, but I can't afford any right now because. Not enough shards, but I am I am interested to see though how uh, how sprint burst. Well, I guess how all the all the shit's gonna change because uh, so, I don't know some of that stuff. Some of those changes they were making sounded pretty cool, like uh, brutal strength. You know how that like makes it quicker to destroy pallets. Now it also makes it quicker to damage gens. Ooh! So there's they made a few pretty big changes that like I haven't had a chance to fully look over the the patch notes, but I'm excited. Especially because it it does feel, in my opinion, like survivors usually have the edge over killers. And that's coming from somebody that mostly plays survivor, but also plays killer frequently. And so I'm able to see, like, it's it's it feels pretty unbalanced to me. So maybe this is going to do a little bit to to shift that balance a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I guess. uh, Oh, I don't know if you've seen any of these, but uh. There's been a friggin' surge in, in anime game announcements, which I've been really excited for because pretty much the only anime games that they really 
pushed out. Like they had like, you know, all the, all the one piece Naruto and Dragon Ball Z games. Um, and those are like always the big ones. And then everything else is like, like we were the Jojo eyes of heaven or whatever. It's, it's honestly a pretty subpar game. And we're so excited to have it just because it's one JoJo game that we can play. So I'm I'm excited to see like all these other games coming out. Uh, I don't maybe you've heard of some of these, but I'll I'll name them all off just in case you haven't. The ones that I've seen so far, uh, they announced uh, Digimon Survive for PlayStation Four and Switch, which is supposed to come out in 2019. Kill a Kill the game, if for IF for PlayStation Four and PC, also in 2019. Which I couldn't believe that they did that because if you've ever if you've ever seen Kill a Kill, it's not a it's not a series that you ever imagined being made into a game. Black Clover Quartet Nights is supposed to come out this year, I think in September, for PlayStation 4 and PC. My Hero Academia, My Heroes One Justice, everybody's excited about that. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, I think in October. And also a big surprise, Tokyo Ghoul Re, Call to Exist for PS4 and PC. I think that's 2019. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, Tokyo Ghoul and Kill a Kill, especially like nobody really saw those coming. I think everybody wanted Tokyo Ghoul to get something eventually, but it, it was unexpected in my opinion. So, well, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think anime fans are rejoicing. I mean, uh, it used to be difficult or rare to see anime games come out. I mean, PS3, last generation PS3 got quite a few, but it's really just recently gotten to where these sorts of games come out especially with physical releases i think it's awesome especially in the states yeah no they don't come out in the states very often and it's getting more and more common which is great and they're physical releases too which you and i both prefer so i think that's cool i i'm kind of interested to see kill a kill as a game uh because like you (laughs) said that's that's pretty interesting that they decided to do that one and Tokyo Ghoul sounds pretty interesting as well. I'll be very intrigued to see some gameplay of that. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to jump on like just about all like I, I don't really care about Digimon, but the rest of those I'm probably going to jump on cuz they I I would love to play all of those <laughs> even even though I'm not big on anime games. When I when I do play anime games, it's usually to experience playing the fucking anime that I was watching, you know, JoJo being a good case in point so yeah i'll probably jump on all of these at some point maybe not immediately but eventually yeah and we do have a couple more announcements relating to anime as well i guess castlevania season two is coming out on netflix in october which is good because the first season was received pretty well oh it was phenomenal have you watched it i watched two episodes of it i haven't seen the rest of it but i mean it's only like a four or six episode series so you should definitely finish it up because i think the next season's supposed to be even longer because because the first one was so uh well received um and yeah that's i think it's coming out like almost at exactly the same time that my hero academia's my hero one justice comes out it's coming out like a, a day or two before or after i think so you know good halloween-esque anime to binge for sure and also, Dragon Ball, I guess they're coming out. It's a movie, right? There's a movie coming out? Yeah. That, well, so it, it's supposed to be coming out as a movie, but I think like Beerus was was originally a movie and Golden Frieza was originally a movie, so they, they might be making it into like episodes instead of, a, instead of a movie at some point. But right now it's a movie. Yeah, and it makes Broly a canonical character. <laughs> Love it or hate it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of, the the fans are kind of divided over people that are like, all right, he's finally canon. Now I don't have to hate him so much. And fans that are like, oh, he's canon. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it might it might be a bit elitist, but I, I do fall into that category of people that are like, it has to be canon for me to fully appreciate it. Like, I will watch it even if it's not canon. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just a glorified fan fiction until it comes from the original author. So... That was the impression that I had over it whenever I heard about it when I was younger. Like, oh, Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan. And I was like, is this actually, like, I never heard of him in anything outside of that one little one shot. So I never really took it all that seriously. Yeah. And as far as I've 
heard like I think I think the author was involved in his character design, but not in anything else beyond that, like not in the story or anything. Oh well. So yeah, I'm I'm personally rejoicing over the fact that he's now officially canonical, even though again that might make me sound like a you know snob. I can it's, appreciate it's, it too. It's important to me. I can now fully appreciate Broly as a character without yes. dismissing him. So I will rejoice with you. And then finally, finish off with a bang here. I'm pretty excited about this. There was a Shin Megami Tensei game app released on iOS and Android devices. And it's called like Liberation DX2. I downloaded it today. You downloaded it today. I started it up and downloaded the necessary files, but I haven't played it yet. I watched gameplay of it. It looks pretty good for... And I'm not one to actually freak out over mobile games that much. I typically dismiss them. But this one, I'm going to play. Like, I'm actually going to see what it's like, and I'll probably end up playing it more than any other mobile game that I've ever had. Yeah, I'm somebody that's literally never played a mobile game, like unless you count like Sudoku, and that's just to pass the time while I'm like waiting on a train. Or Pokemon Go. Eh, I I got rid of that pretty quickly. (laughs) As soon as they did their first update, I was like, all right, that just fucked over my data, so I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, this will be like one of the first mobile games that I've like gotten into, and while while I have yet to play it, um, I mean, you've played the Devil Survivor games. Like Shin Megami Tensei is a perfect game to have on mobile. Um, so I'm ex- I'm excited to see what they do with it. It, it looked fashionable enough from the uh, from the character uh, images that they released, and we already know they're gonna have like all the demons or personas or whatever you wanna call them that we've that we've grown to know and love. So yeah, I'm excited to play it and see what and see how it is. And I like like you, I've heard pretty good things about it. As of right now, at least for the Apple App Store, it has over 100 ratings and it has a perfect five-star rating so far. Nice. So that bodes well for it. Um, That's what kind of added to my hype train for it. I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely play it. Actually, there was one more thing since we started talking about Apple. It's not as... You won't care (laughs) about it. But um, within the past couple of weeks, uh, there was a jailbreak actually put out into public for iOS 11.3.1 and you may not appreciate this but this is a big deal because the jailbreak scene has kind of died down so I just think it's cool that there are still people that are working to basically break down Apple's walled garden and allow developers to get into the source code and kind of develop things for iOS devices that they wouldn't have been able to develop otherwise just threw that in as a bonus uh, so there's that. We're just going to coolly segue into our main topic before you say, I don't care. Hey, you didn't say it. Cool. <laughs> so you think you're a true gamer. I do think I'm a true gamer and I think you're a true gamer too, but we're going to, what does it mean? What does it mean to be a true gamer? Yeah. So the, uh, main topic kind of came from a Facebook conversation that I had with, uh, somebody I knew from college, um, he posted about Zelda Ocarina of Time. And he was like, can you even consider yourself a true gamer if you haven't played this? And I, I looked at that and I was, part of me was offended because I was just like, yeah, I would say the hundreds, if not thousands of hours I put into playing video games probably qualify me as a true gamer. But, you know, so I haven't ever played a Zelda game. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's an incredibly elitist mentality to have, but at the same time, I also think that like any, any real gamer probably feels that way about some game, like without exception, like what you've never played super Mario brothers. How can you call yourself a true gamer? (laughs) And I don't know. Are there any games that would qualify you or disqualify you as a true gamer? I think, I think for every I think every person could probably come up with a different list and be both right and wrong on that list. Um, and especially like if you're going into different cultures, they're going to have different standards or critiques on what constitutes a, a game that a true gamer should have played. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a topic that kind of 
weirds me out, but also hits a little close to home. Yeah, you mentioned that everyone could come up with a different list, and I agree. I mean, yeah, everyone could come up with a different list, but whenever you brought this topic up to to me to see if we were going to cover it or not, the first thing I thought of, probably about a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago, there was a news article that went out, uh, it got passed around by one of the major news outlets, and it caught my eye immediately because it was talking about how gaming has had a surge in popularity and it's erupted into so many different, you know, cultures and areas. Like, uh, basically it was like, the thing that I remember about it is it said that the gender disparity, you know, it used to be like where it was heavily skewed towards males being gamers. And they were saying that like, there are now almost more female gamers than males. And they were classifying games like gamers as being people who played like Candy Crush on their cell phones. And, like, all these cell phone games, they were considering those as gamers. So when you mentioned, like, being a true gamer and, like, being considered a true gamer, I thought back to that article and I thought back to how they were classifying those people as true gamers. And it kind of made me think, well, what is, are they true gamers? What is a true gamer? And then I, I also thought, you know, whenever the Game Boy came out, the original Game Boy, it came bundled with Tetris, right? And Tetris was such a big deal and it caused like people who never would have gotten into games they got into it like there were old people who were buying game boys to play tetris and it, and it coined the term the tetris effect so there's like what are they true gamers you know what does it mean i just think and it's interesting i think that's one of the biggest kind of issues i guess that you could take with this argument too is if you say like you got to be a true gamer, you got to you got to play these games. Well, I mean, you know, some some of the some of the games that people like, you know, immediately go to are console exclusive, you know what I mean? Like like if you're if you're a PlayStation exclusive player, you probably haven't played Pokémon or Mario because, you know, those are Nintendo properties. Um probably haven't played Halo or, you know, I can never think of any other Xbox exclusives. That's well, Gears of War. Gears of War is a good All one. All right, good. Is that is that Xbox? Exclusive? That's an Xbox. Ex- well, it's an Xbox and PC exclusive. Now they started All releasing right. it on PC, but it's really an Xbox exclusive. Well, yeah. So, you know, and if you're if you're an Xbox player, then you haven't had a chance to play God of War: The Last of Us, or so. I, I don't know. The argument on what it takes to be a true gamer is. <laughs> You, it assumes that you have access to every console that's ever come out and all the games that have been, you know, released on these consoles. Um, and same goes with, like, what you said about the the whole cell phone thing. Like, that's another dynamic that I hadn't really considered. I don't consider games like Angry Birds to be true gaming. And, I again, the, I recognize that there's inherently, like, an elitist mindset in this argument. But there is a line somewhere, and we don't necessarily know what that line is. Um, I feel like the problem with the argument in the first place, though, is like true gamers have to play these games. It's catered toward pop culture phenomena, and you know, again, Angry Birds or, or you know, all these all these popular games that have come out in the past. Not to say that they weren't good, but it's just the opinion of the majority that played it that might have never played anything else. Is that majority consisting of true gamers if they've only played that one game ever? (laughs) Well, I think something else to consider is that what it means to be a true gamer has changed because the the landscape has changed. You know, the gaming landscape has changed. Like, if you were in the 80s, being a true gamer probably would have... The typical true gamer I would think of in the 80s would be like someone who played... Nintendo Entertainment Entertainment System, Super Mario Brothers, would go to the arcade, play like the typical arcade games like Galaga, and that may actually be the 70s. I'm saying like... People that hit like high scores back in the day. Yeah, and the landscape has changed. So like a true gamer in the 70s is different than a true gamer in the 80s, than the 90s, repeatedly. And I think that now that article that I brought up at the beginning of this topic, it kind of shows where the landscape has gone along with even other comments that, you know, developers have made about cell phone gaming. Like, the landscape now favors mobile gaming. 
that's where it's at right now. That's where the money's at. So that article considering like people who play all of these mobile games being gamers, I think that's a pretty good point to bring up here about what it means to be a quote unquote true gamer to the layman population today. Whether or not that's actually true is definitely debatable. I'm sure that that would cause a heated debate among different camps, probably us included, because we're not huge fans of mobile games. But you have to admit that the advent of apps and mobile gaming in general has definitely caused an outburst or an evolution, uh, just an influx, really, of new gamers, quote-unquote. Oh, yeah. I, I, w- I would definitely agree with that. And I don't know, again, kind of going back to the uh, going back to the way that, like, you, you, it's, it's basically the opinion of the masses as to what constitutes, like, a true gamer. But literally anybody playing a game becomes a gamer. Like, it doesn't matter if all you've ever done is picked up Pokemon Go. That makes you a gamer at least at one point in time. So <laughs> what we consider to be a true gamer, like, it's just, like, how elitist can you get with your definition of that? Um, and I feel I feel like a lot of people in their opinions of true gaming uh, of what it means to be a true gamer, they're they're kind of trying to nudge you toward this toward this group think opinion. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm I'm guilty of this too. Like I one, uh, my friend Tay the Baca, she she's an Xbox player and I'm a PlayStation player. So like I'll I'll always just be like, what? You mean you haven't played The Last of Us? Oh, and you haven't played Persona 5? Well, at least you can play Nier now. You know, I'll be throwing out games and, and giving her shade. Um, and she does the same to me, but to a lesser degree because she doesn't have anything that I want. But, you know, it's like we're, we're trying to influence people with the games that we like, that we see as masterpieces, or that we see as fun to play. And I remember when Call of Duty and Destiny and, and uh, Halo were like all the rage and I just didn't care about any of them. And I probably would have been disqualified as a true gamer by the people that were like hardcore, you know, playing that shit 24-7. Well, you know, we're asking the question about what it means to be a true gamer. And the first thing I think of whenever we ask questions is, what does Urban Dictionary say the definition <laughs> is? So when okay. you go to Urban Dictionary... And you type in true gamer, it says, look, listen, and learn. Being a true gamer isn't about playing every game. A true gamer plays from the heart. <laughs> the heart of the cards. Yeah. <laughs> a little callback to our King of the Bar games episode. Um, I bet Yu-Gi-Oh was a true gamer. Well, It's so difficult to actually say what a true gamer is because there's just so many facets to it that you have to consider. Like, is a true gamer, if you're going to like pin adjectives down to what a true gamer is, is a true gamer competitive? I'm going to ask you these genuinely. I want you to give me an answer. Would you say a true gamer is competitive in nature? (laughs) Now, see, my, my answer to that would be no. Which it's a hard answer for me to give because I'm competitive in nature, um, but I don't think you. I don't think a true gamer has to be competitive in nature. I don't think that personally. Personally, I don't think that's a qualifying factor. Okay, would you say that a true gamer is passionate? Definitely, I yeah. would. I would definitely say a true gamer has to be passionate. Otherwise, that there's they're not a true gamer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, there are, there are others that I could throw out here. I'm just trying I'm just trying to demonstrate that really describing the best description you can give of a true gamer is just a general set of characteristics but they're not applicable to every, like I wouldn't say that I'm competitive by nature, but I consider myself a true gamer for the reason that I quantify or qualify being a true gamer as being someone who appreciates the medium for all of the different things that ties into it. I have said probably in like four or five episodes of the show so far that I think gaming is the most unique entertainment medium because it's art. It's uh, like literary. I think that several, I mean, masterpieces really, you know, last of us, I think that's a benchmark in storytelling from a game or a story perspective. Games have touched me more than some books that I've read. 
and I've sta- I've stood in awe and looked at the artwork that people have poured their time and work into. And I think that that makes me a true gamer because I appreciate it at a deeper level. I appreciate games and consider all of the factors that go into making them. So that's how I qualify myself as a true gamer. But I know that other people, like esports people, they probably consider themselves true gamers based on the fact that they have literally mastered the concepts of a game. They have mastered it. They know every nook and cranny to gameplay. They can execute things that the developers themselves probably didn't even realize were possible. It, I mean, so... Yeah, I, I think that... I think you, you touched on a key point there when you when you said deeper level. Like, I can't even... I can't even qualify what that deeper level is exactly, but you know, you see like uh, you see like a, a YouTube channel devoted to like Grand Theft Auto Five online gameplay. You know, you'll see somebody like on a motorcycle on a plane do like fucking all these aerial acrobats and then like land in the exact most perfect place in the tiniest like island in the middle of the fucking Pacific or some bullshit and like drive like straight into a tr- like an open truck bed and it's like they might have literally never played another game ever and if they can do that how's anybody going to say they're not a true gamer because they like you said on a deeper level they studied this shit they watched videos they did fucking calculations like for like all kinds of shit to to get to this point where they could do that and it's like I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's that deeper level. It's that that extra that extra step somewhere along the way. Like I don't appreciate music in games to the extent that you do, but that doesn't make me less of a true gamer. Or you know, in my opinion, it doesn't because I enjoy other parts of games as much as, if not more, than you. I'm somebody that'll go like that'll study gameplay, that'll listen to commentary, that'll appreciate like the lore that fans are making of it. You know, you see all this shit on on Twitter and Reddit and and Twitch, like all all these people that are that are talking about things that are making their own fan art and YouTube channels and parody videos and stuff like that. And it's to me, that's like another element to it is the community that kind of springs up from it. I had a thought and I'm going to run this by you. Something I just realized kind of through the course of us talking about this, I came to this realization. I think that the definition of what it means to be a true gamer is actually broader and easier to achieve perhaps than anything else in terms of entertainment. So you take, and it kind of tie it's, it's like what I was saying. It ties so many elements in. So you take someone who considers themselves a film critic, right? They're evaluating a certain amount of criteria for every film that they watch. They're evaluating like the cinematography. They're evaluating the script, the screenplay. They're taking all of these. It's kind of static. There there are static categories that they evaluate for everything, right? Well, Mm -hmm. they consider themselves a true film critic, but whenever it comes to, you know, they're in a restraint or a very ordered category. Whereas with games, because it's touching on so many different areas, you know, you've got, you've got, a good script, you've got the video, you've got the audio, you've got the music, you've got all of that. And it kind of in some ways is the same as like a movie, but because it's interactive and because there are different genres, like you can't have a, you know, you've got like puzzles, crimes, all these different genres that you can touch on with games. And so in that way, I think it's easier to qualify someone as a true gamer because someone who just enjoys puzzle games, but they pour everything into those puzzle games like they're probably a true gamer because they appreciate those games. Someone who appreciates story-driven games, you know, they are evaluated similar to a film critic. Someone who appreciates the music, you know, you've got all of these things. I think it's easier to qualify yourself as a true gamer because it's got so many different elements tied in than it would be to say that to qualify yourself as like a music critic or a film critic or a book critic even. Like I think it's just easier if you're a gamer to kind of say that you're a true gamer than those things i don't know maybe i'm wrong do we so do we think that there is a line though for like is there a line between a casual gamer and a true gamer because i think that's the question that's nagging at me the most because 
like I said, this the question of is are you a true gamer? That's like inherently an elitist question. But is there any validity to it? Like, is anybody that's ever played a game and enjoyed it automatically a true gamer? Or do you got to do a little bit more than that? How much of a problem would it be if we said that being a casual gamer equates to being a true gamer? Let's just pretend. Like, would that be, would that cause a problem? It's really, it really doesn't. It's just an ego thing, I think. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is an ego thing. But someone who, someone who play, I'm pro, if we're offending anyone who plays this, I mean, when I was in London, everyone on the subs or on the tube was playing Candy Crush. Everyone. Oh, God. <laughs> everyone. Like left, right, forward, backward. Everyone was playing Candy Crush. So is someone who plays Candy Crush like religiously every day, are they a true gamer? Because they're truly gaming. They're truly gaming every day. Like they are just, they are exhibiting consistent behavior. It's like building a habit. They have a habit. See, here's kind of like a a similar point to that, that I, maybe maybe this will shed some new light, maybe not. Um, I, I mentioned to you that like I play Sudoku whenever I'm like riding the train to work. Speaking as somebody that considers himself a true gamer, I don't consider Sudoku to be gaming. I was actually going to bring that up. I was going to say, you were talking about where do you draw a line? Well, what about a board gamer? You know, someone who just plays board games all the time. Are they a true gamer? See, I don't know. To me, to me, Sudoku, and I kind of imagine Candy Crush. I, I, I've never played Candy Crush, so I can't really speak on it with certainty. But to me, those both fall into the category of more like uh, puzzles, mind game, uh, not mind games, but you know, they're 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 shit. They're supposed to be keeping your mind active, but I I I just don't consider them games to the same extent that I would something like Pokemon or God of War, Dark Souls, Witcher, Skyrim. You know, there's all these. How how much of a game does a game need to be <laughs> to be to qualify you as a gamer? But I think we're liberal in the way that we use the term game because board game or board games are called games. Puzzles are called games. Like I've heard people refer to solving a Rubik's cube as a game, not a puzzle as a game. So the liberal use of that term, we're kind of just lobbing everything into this very vague, very widely birthed area, this constraint. That's not even really a constraint because of how much it's holding inside it. So, and puzzles are a big part in some hugely popular games, too. You got games within games. Yeah, like Portal. Portal was a huge success put out by Valve. And Portal 2 was even better. And then you've got games like Resident Evil that, you know, they're survivor horror. But they have, they're famous, too, because of the ridiculous puzzles that they put into them. Like... I don't know. This we are going deep down this rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's just so much to consider, and I'm not even sure. I, I feel like the simplest answer would just be to say a true gamer is someone that plays and just enjoys a game, a game. You know, like if you enjoy it, how much do you have to enjoy it? <laughs> you can't. I don't think you can quantify. That. There's not a scale. We can't. We can't put clips on everyone's nipples and say, how much do you enjoy this? <laughs> we can't do that. It, if we had a way of measuring I mean, it, it wouldn't work. <laughs> I mean, there's not, I don't think that there's a way that we can really, there's, it's just like anything, man. Like we can't, it's, it's hard to draw a line whenever it's a subjective thing. See, here's what I thought was really interesting though. And like, I'm just going to kind of run through this. I thought it was fascinating, though, because we, we had a list of games that we thought might have gone under the category of, like, quote-unquote, what a true gamer would have to have played to be a true gamer. And granted, I haven't even played, like, a lot of these games, but I thought of almost the exact same list as Judge. Like, so the, the original list that he had, it's got Super Mario Brothers, Snake, Pokemon, Doom, Final Fantasy VII, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Grand Theft Auto, Shadow of the Colossus, God of War, The Last of Us. I had the exact same list, 
except I didn't think of Doom. But otherwise, exactly the same. I think, like, I also included, like, Witcher, uh, Witcher 3, Skyrim, Halo, World of Warcraft, Super Smash Brothers, Devil May Cry, like, the original one. And, I, like, these are these are the games that immediately entered my head as games that a quote-unquote true gamer should play. And I haven't even played a lot of them. Like, never played Snake, never played Doom, never played Legend of Zelda, never played Grand Theft Auto V, never played Shadow of the Colossus. Dark Souls, Halo, well, I guess a little bit of Halo, but so it's like the fact that we thought of virtually identical games for this list, I haven't played a lot of them. <laughs> it, it's still kind of, it feels like it says something though, the fact that we came up with near identical lists. See, yeah, and I just realized something from looking at our list is that I put Snake on there because I don't know if you remember this, but whenever... <laughs> Back in the infancy of technology or like infancy of cell phones, I had a Nokia. I had a Nokia phone or my mother had a Nokia phone and I didn't care about its capability to make phone calls to everyone in the world if I wanted to. I only cared that they had one game on it and it was Snake and I begged her to let me use her phone to play (laughs) Snake. So I guess you could say I was and, and this was when I was young too. So like. I loved that, though. That was a cell phone game that I loved, and I played it until the battery would die all the time. So the I kind of think it's interesting that the second game that I put to be a true gamer was Snake, because that was one of the first ones that I thought of playing so many times. So I just think that when you talk about being a true gamer, just to be able to appreciate a game, you know, I think that appreciating it, appreciating what it is allowing you to do, it being an interactive form of entertainment i think that's my definition of being a true gamer like if you can appreciate it and you enjoy it and you play something doesn't matter what it is if it's a game you play it and you enjoy it semi-religiously that's that i mean that's the best i can do i don't know what what else to do on this well let me let me be a little nitpicky and offer a counterpoint or i guess a counter Uh, let me let me challenge that that opinion then what if it's somebody that plays religiously, somebody that plays more than you or I do? What if it's somebody that plays, you know, let's let's say like 10 hours a day? What if they don't enjoy games? What if they play that much, but it's like an addiction at that point? Are they a true gamer if they don't appreciate the games, but they feel chemically dependent on playing? Kind of like, like, kind of like, would we consider like a hardened alcoholic? Would we consider, (laughs) would we consider them a wine connoisseur if they're just drinking all the wine? (laughs) No, because no. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's a bad comparison, but you you see where I'm coming from. Yeah, I know. I I see where you're coming from, and I'm still gonna. I'm gonna say no. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't consider them a true gamer if they played ten hours a day. That's what I'm trying to say, is that if you just took the phrase at face value and you didn't dig into, like, the semantics of things, sure. But everything's dependent on the semantics. But that's what I'm saying. If you were, ever, if you were to walk up to someone on a street and, and try to do, like, a Pew survey or something, you know, where you're just like, hey, here's a scenario. Is this person a true gamer? And just get their quick opinion. And you didn't oh, let I them think of... out in these streets. Well, I'm talking in an in a <laughs> ideal world. Right. Well, I feel like most people would say, yeah, they're a gamer because they play that they play it that much. They play it a ton. But we're see, that's where the subjectivity comes in. My I don't think that being a true gamer is equal to being a like, I don't think that a person addicted to it is necessarily a quote unquote true gamer by my standards. But see, that's the problem. I'm qualifying it by my definition. Because I don't know what the true definition is. <laughs> that that word that word true is what makes this whole conversation tricky. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess it really just all boils down to like what your personal subjective meaning is when when you say true gamer. Because probably for every person out there that games, you're gonna have a different definition. I know my definition's different from your definition, very different from your mother's definition, super different from your grandmother's definition. 
I think it just kind of it's it's a cycle like that and I don't know in the end it doesn't really matter it's just it's just the ego stroking thing anyway yeah pretty much I mean this really it kind of is in the same vein as a whole lot of other issues conversations really that you could have about other things in life like what's the true meaning of justice like is there a true meaning of justice you know there's there's no hard and fast rules to this because it's they're really complicated topics i like how i just threw justice in with whether or not you're a true gamer you know they're very comparable (laughs) topics um but yeah it, it has to be subjective because we're all different and everyone thinks differently so there's no way that we could actually have a real true definition for something that relies so heavily on emotions and feelings and different outlooks there's just i don't think there's a true a way to do it yeah there's there's no way to quantify that so i don't know we 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 just kind of went on a went on a tangent that didn't really have any any uh <laughs> any tangible rewards for us I thought I thought it was pretty interesting though. Like I had a lot of fun talking about it. Oh, definitely. It was it was a it was a pretty good conversation we had. Should open up a whole lot of conversation points from people who listen to it as well, because you could really have some wide, varied, interesting answers or responses to a topic oh, yeah. like this. I would I would definitely love to hear from any any listener um what their definition is of a true gamer, if they have one. Yeah. But you know, we'll 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 plug that in a little bit. I I think we're ready to wrap up, aren't we? We're ready to wrap up. All right, it is time for name of shame and phrase of praise. Yes, we always really ham up this section. We got this last little burst of adrenaline going into the home stretch, and what do you think of whenever you get adrenaline? Because I think of Admiral Spicy Wang. Yeah, that's 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 pretty adrenaline inducing. Um, but for me, it can only be Mr. Fondles. That one's good. I like that one. He really gets my adrenaline pumping. <laughs> gets my <laughs> jimmies a rustling. Oh man. Beautiful. Alright. Name of shame. Now, phrase of praise, what you got? Okay, context. So we were talking about I'm finishing up a master's program right now, and we were joke jokingly talking about the curriculum. And he's, you mentioned something about like attending an Ivy League school or it's like it's not an Ivy League curriculum or something like that. And I replied with this little nugget, this little phrase that we're praising this week. I said, quote, I don't attend an Ivy League school. I attend a poison Ivy League school. <laughs> End quote. Yeah, I hope that that doesn't I hope that's at least got some modicum of wit to it that you can enjoy. Yeah, people, we, we we just lost our last listener. They're like, oh man, fuck these guys. I think they're funny. Just lost 66% of our listening base. Fuck that. We lost 100% of our listening base. Oh. Anyway. Well, yeah. Anyway. I too have a phrase of praise, and it is also from you. This was verbatim what you said right before, right before we started recording. You said, contributions are for losers. No one has ever won by contributing anything. It's so, true. Uh, I, I took that little contribution and added it as a phrase of phrase. So I guess that makes me a winner. Wait, a loser. That makes, makes you me a, a loser. Hypocrite. It makes me a loser. I said contributions are for losers. Yes, a loser and a hypocrite. What a what better way to end an episode than to affirm that I am in fact a loser. Trash. Anyway, so yeah, that was episode 17. Episode 17 is in the books. We talked about whether or not what what it is to be a true gamer but this is a like we said earlier it's a really interesting topic that has a plethora of answers that we could get back and we definitely want to hear them so where might you provide your thoughts on this topic you can reach out to us at our twitter handle which is at real or you could do the wonderful act of email and make us feel happy to see that we have a i don't know number pop up on our email that we actually have a we actually have a, a updated uh, terms and conditions. <laughs> oh shoot, I hate those. Um, yeah, we want to actually have one from a real person. So you know, you can do that. You can send in your responses at contact at podchodge dot net, 
and we would love to hear from you one way or another. Shoot, just show up at my house. Here's my address. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to actually do that. But anyway, yeah, we're going to coolly withdraw like Speedwagon from JoJo coolly withdraws from a battle. And we will see you next week. Hopefully. Wow, don't. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.